0: how's it going guys miguel here from cfs recovery in this video we have nikki she's been making amazing amazing progress so different from how things were just eight to nine months ago and a lot of the things i remember that you said you wish you could do again and that was on your vision board it's a regular thing now for you which is super cool to see but you know nikki got covid right so this is a long covid case you were dealing with it for a few years and uh I don't want to spoil it. I'll let Nikki share her story. But this is going to be super inspiring, guys. So stay tuned for what you're about to witness. So Nikki, you want to quickly introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Nikki. Um, I'm 29 years old. I'm from New Jersey in the USA. Uh, like Miguel said, I got COVID in March of 2020. So I've been dealing with this for just over three years now. But thanks to the program, I see that light at the end of the tunnel. And I am on my way out and on to thriving. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You are well on your way. Like okay. you are pretty dang close to living a normal life, which is super cool to see because I know how far you've come. A lot of the people in the program, the coaches, we know how hard you've worked to get to where you're at, but let's actually, let's go back in time for a second here. You know, even prior to getting COVID, just so people have an idea of how active you were, what was life like leading up to getting COVID? Cause you were pretty active. You were working out, but kind of paint mm-hmm. a picture for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So even just a year before I got COVID, I was working three jobs. Um, so that alone should have raised a little bit of a red flag, but I was super determined to pay off my student loans um, like a lot of people were. So I was working three jobs, but one of my jobs I got offered, um, it was a teaching position. I got offered a department head position. So I dropped my other jobs. I went full-time teaching, but I was still, Still working uh, pretty much the same amount of time. It was six to seven days a week I was working because I was teaching during the week, doing department head stuff, helping my boss with hiring, um, and then I would make lesson plans on the weekends. So I didn't really have a day off. And on top of working, I worked out and went to the gym. I was very active, uh, probably about four to five days a week I went to the gym. I was doing bodybuilder style workouts, pretty regularly. Um, After that, I would go right into cardio. Um, And that was after working a full day. And there were some days I was in the gym after a full day of work, probably three hours. Um, It was definitely my escape and kind of just veering away from everything I was dealing with at the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it makes sense why I crashed as hard as I did. And it's kind of comical looking back at it now, thinking that I was in the best shape of my life. Meanwhile, I was working myself to the bone and my nervous system was screaming at me to stop, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't listen to the signs at all.
0: Yeah. And we have very similar stories in that sense because I was the exact same way. I was working a couple of different jobs. I did door-to-door sales and worked in a restaurant, both very high stress environments. And my stress escape was working out. So I'd be super tired, super stressed out. I'm like, I need my escape. Going to the gym, do some sprints on the treadmill and then <laughs> do like heavy squats and deadlifts. And um, yes, while it was mentally helping me get away from that stress, it was physically stressful on my body. So mm-hmm. like I also hit a wall. So, um, you know, we'll put some pictures up here too, you know, just to show how fit you were because you were pretty jacked, right? Yeah. You were pretty jacked. <laughs> I love I remember right before our application call, you know, nine months ago, Mm -hmm. um, I did some research because I like to do research with everybody. And I saw your Instagram page and actually you were talking to Krista um, Mm -hmm. before you joined the program. And, you know, I saw like, wow, this this girl was really healthy before, or at least really fit. Like maybe not the healthiest lifestyle. Yeah. Two um, very different things. I learned. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I was like, Holy cow. So, and then I saw your story and um, you know, this little, video that you made. I was like, holy cow, like Mm -hmm. we got to help her. So fast forward to you getting COVID, Mm -hmm. right? March, 2020 comes around when the whole COVID thing goes down. What was that like? So you got sick and then what was it like when it first hit you?
1: So my initial infection, uh, was pretty bad to be honest. (laughs) Um, so I got sick March 13th, I remember it very vividly, um, because that was the last day of teaching, and then the very next following week is when everything shut down. So I got sick at the start of the COVID wave, first COVID oh, no. wave. Um, yeah, my initial infection, I felt this really uncomfortable tingling in my chest, and I didn't really know what it was. COVID, we thought at that point, hadn't reached like our area of the United States, according to the news. But I went to the doctor and he said, it was something with my lungs on, as don't even remember what he said. I thought it was odd because I never had lung issues. Like I had Crohn's disease prior to this and other autoimmune stuff, but I never had issues with my lungs. Um, so I thought it was odd, but he's the doctor. I took his advice, I just went home. And that feeling grew. Like I could feel it growing in my chest. It was a very uncomfortable, um, different sensation that I, that I would, had ever felt before. And I continued teaching as this feeling grew. And then other symptoms started to trickle in, like the shortness of breath, uh, the cough. I think I had lost my taste of sense and smell for like a day. I had a fever. All of like the textbook COVID symptoms. Um, so I reached back out to my doctor because I was feeling pretty crummy at this point. And since it was so early, you still needed a doctor's note to get a COVID test, which thinking about that now is pretty wild considering how available they are now. Yeah. Um, he refused to let me get COVID tested and he just said, COVID's not a big deal. And
0: really interesting. I yeah. guess this was the early, early days. Yeah, right?
1: this very early. <laughs> um, and I said, okay. Uh, and then it grew worse and I said, okay, I, I, something is happening. I need to switch doctors. So luckily I was able to have a virtual appointment with my mom's doctor. She was immediately concerned, <laughs> um, let me go get a COVID test. And I came back negative, which, yeah, a little bit of an eyebrow raise there, (laughs) but I was still feeling terrible. I started having really intense pains in my back. So I had gone to the doctor's office in my car. Everything's drive-through at this point. Um, A doctor comes out in a hazmat suit and checks my lungs with uh, the The stethoscope. stethoscope. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he tells me I have pneumonia. I'm like, okay. Um, So I go back home and that feeling got so intense to the point where I couldn't stand. I was in so much physical pain standing that the only relief I got, I couldn't even sit up, was just laying flat on my stomach to get that pressure off of my lungs. Um,
0: Wow. Was it like a heaviness or like a burning or just kind of weird pain? Just like a
1: really intense like pressure mixed with like somebody squeezing my lungs. It was very odd and very uncomfortable. And then I was convinced it was COVID. I'm unsure why the test came back negative, but whatever. I, I did eventually test positive <laughs> in June, mm-hmm. uh, three months later, which still don't understand why that happened so wow. much later. I don't know if the virus just wasn't done shedding through my system. Who really knows if I got reinfected again? I don't really know. Wow. Um, but the symptoms from my initial infection um, subsided a bit. Ne- nothing ever went back to normal ever. Um and then the kind of long COVID stuff came trickling in, like the tachycardia, the heat intolerance, um, the intense brain fog. Uh, and when I did was... that
0: really kick in? Was it like uh, about a month later or a few months? It like... <laughs> it's
1: hard to tell. Everything's kind of a blur at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um,
0: it's really muddy, right?
1: I, I'd say a couple months in uh, yeah. and I got... I was so dizzy to the point where I was guiding myself through my house, like holding onto the walls because I was nervous I was gonna fall over. And all of this is happening while well, I'm still trying to teach virtually wow. oh, so my still students Trying to
0: work over oh, I'm still trying to
1: work through this. Um I eventually started taking a lot of time off because I was in really rough shape. Mm-hmm. Um and I eventually had to stop working in July. I cut it. I couldn't do it anymore. Um but like the POTS and the fibromyalgia and I, all in all I was diagnosed with 14 different things Holy um, cow. from my initial COVID infection from March, 2020 until now I have 14 diagnoses from COVID. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. That's I got, insane. I got a laundry list.
0: <laughs> That's insane. So yeah. in the beginning, let's say that first six months after you, you know, it first hit you, mm-hmm. uh, I'm guessing you were doing tons of testing, tons of scans, like you're trying different things with specialists. Uh, probably even longer than six months. But what was that like? And what were some things that you tried in terms of testing and solutions and and, and all the stuff in that department?
1: Yeah. So I went to, again, a laundry list of specialists. I went to the cardiologist. I went to the pulmonologist. I went to the rheumatologist. I went to, I don't think there were many left that I could go to. Yeah.
0: Pretty much all Um, the specialists. They're passing you like okay, we can't help you. Go here. Oh go. You just referrals on referrals on referrals, right?
1: Exactly. And they're just passing me around. Like I had multiple cardiologists. I had multiple rheumatologists because one didn't know what to do with me or they didn't believe me or they said it was anxiety. So, you know, like the typical things that if they don't find anything on the tests, that's what they chalk it up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really bad experience. One time I went to the emergency room. It's when, at the time I had no idea. But looking back at it now, it was when my mast cell stuff started popping up, you know, like my big (laughs) roadblock with this. Um, It's mast cell activation syndrome. So for those who aren't really familiar with that is, mast cells in your body are responsible for releasing histamines and other mediators when you have an allergic reaction. Um, With mast cell activation syndrome, they act pretty erratically. Uh, They don't release mediators when they're supposed to. which leaves you having a lot of allergic reactions to foods, uh, scents, stress, heat, smoke, like everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You name it, it's probably gonna be an allergic reaction. Um, But at the time I had no idea that's what I was facing. So I started having these episodes where my body would go into this really altered reality type deal. It was very foreign, like very Mm -hmm. odd. Um, and tachycardia would start and my body would flush and I'd be tingling and numb and I would have no idea what's going on. And that's scary. That's
0: terrifying. Like, having yes. that happen.
1: Yeah. yeah out you of what you're
0: dying sometimes. Yeah,
1: exactly. What seemed out of nowhere was really scary. And that happened a couple of times. I went to the hospital and again, they did the tests and nothing came up, said it was anxiety and sent me away. And I kind of went through that game for a little bit until it happened really seriously one time. Um,
0: and when was this when it happened seriously? Like a year in or?
1: November, 2020. So
0: it's about six, six eight, eight-ish yeah, eight months, months yeah. later. Yeah.
1: I had all of the symptoms that I had just said with really intense chest pain. Um, mm-hmm. and I had gone in and they took one look at my heart rate and they threw me on the table, um, doing EKGs. I don't really know what was happening at that time because My vision started going, my hearing started going. And when that happens, paired with all of the symptoms I just listed, I was convinced I was having a heart attack and I would die on that table. Mm -hmm. Um, and feelings like that, they don't leave you like, and the thoughts that race through your head when you're thinking I'm dying right now, like I'm not going to leave, I'm not going to go out of here. And it's a really scary thing. And (laughs) my heart rate was in the one fifties for two hours. And then, and this is me laying down, like, I'm not vertical at all. (laughs) Um, And then it was in the 130s for another two hours. And it eventually throughout the night came down, of course, they admitted me. Um, The next morning, the doctor came in and he said, it's anxiety, your tests are normal. And I kind of lost it a bit. (laughs) Um, Had some choice words with the doctor and pressed for testing because this wasn't normal for me, yes, I had anxiety in the past, but this wasn't anxiety, yeah, um so he eventually agreed. They did an echocardiogram, they found something off with my valve, one of my heart valves, um and then they started throwing these words around, like, "Oh, you could have endocarditis, which is an infection of the heart valve, you could have a blood infection, and all of a sudden it went from anxiety to all of these really scary things, Mhm. And like, I was just like, what, what, I don't know what's going you on. You feel
0: lost, right? Lost, yeah. kind of confused or scared. You don't know what, what to do. It's like, is this a nightmare? Will I wake up from this tomorrow? It's, it's weird.
1: Exactly. Hoping I would. Yeah. Um, but they did, it's called a TEE. It's a transesophageal echocardiogram um, where they go through your throat to have a better look at your heart valve. Um, so they did that and they found a mitral valve prolapse. But they said that's very common for women of my age that would not be causing what I had experienced. Mm-hmm. So even though I had a mitral valve prolapse, I still was left with no answers. I had no reason why this was happening. So a couple yeah. days later, they discharged me from the hospital when all of like the blood tests and everything came back clear. And again, I was left with no answers.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's the frustrating part, too, because, you know, they're doing all these testing and... Yes, they'll say, "Okay, you're fine in this department. You're fine in this department. Hey, great news! You're actually okay." But during times like that, it's almost like you wish they would just tell you you had something, <laughs> so they could start treatment, yeah. versus you feeling kind of lost. And um, it's pretty scary, you know. And and I think the frustrating part is they'll tell you you're okay, but you one thing that's for certain, you you don't leave with any kind of solutions, no game plan, no roadmap moving forward they're just like you're good to go i was Mm -hmm. like okay now what do do i go home what am i supposed to do right because i I can't do much without flaring up and that really touched me your experience on that table when you thought it was like your final moments because i had that too several times and it it's crazy because you really feel like okay this is your last few minutes Mm -hmm. on this planet and And you have all those
1: thoughts in your head like yeah. I'm too young. I'm too young. I should have been I should have done this. I should have focused on this. And like oh really God. real thoughts um yeah. start going through your head.
0: It's crazy. And that whole thing we see in movies and people's or we hear about it when people's life, their lives flash before their eyes. Mm-hmm. I totally get what that is now. Yep. Because I my whole life flashed before my eyes. And same thing. It's like I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Yeah. Oh, that was such a fun time when I went camping when I was nine. That that was a beautiful moment. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. All these moments are hitting you, and it's crazy. And then you make it through that experience. You have like Mm -hmm. a close brush with death almost. But, you know, and then we'll talk about it later on. But it does help give you lots of really great perspective when you're able to do all the things again, because you're able to use those times as almost a reference point Mm -hmm. to see how far you've come. But, you know, so they send you back home, right? It's November. 2020 Mm -hmm. and at that time you know you still have a couple more years left in your recovery to go right and what happened next so you go home Mm -hmm. what happened after um
1: so as we move into 2021 uh i thought 2020 was hard uh 2021 was a level up (laughs) that Mm -hmm. was when i hit my rock bottom um i guess i'll go through what happened exactly uh in April of 2021. Um, so of course I'm going to all these specialists and uh, I live in New Jersey and there's a Mount Sinai post COVID center up in New York. Um, yeah. So of course I'm, my mom is driving me there. I can't drive anymore. I stopped driving in 2020 sometime. Um, my mom's driving me there. The toll that just the drive alone took on my body cause it was like an hour and a half each way um, was a lot. So. I was hoping I would get some answers, seeing different doctors from that center. Um, my functional medicine doctor through there recommended a neurocognitive therapy called Neuron NeuronUp. So I was doing that every Wednesday and I was pretty fatigued after. Um, it definitely wiped me out a little bit, but according to them, this would help. So I kept doing it and it got to the point where one day I was doing it and that really altered state feeling started creeping back in. And I was like, oh Oh. no. (laughs) Um, But me being that perfectionist type personality, I was like, no, I have to get this done. So I'm pushing Mm -hmm. through that feeling, knowing pretty well what's gonna happen next if I don't stop. But that part of my brain was just like, no, you need to finish your task. No, you need to finish this task. Like doing that Mm -hmm. cognitive therapy um
0: what was it was it like a electrode thing or
1: no it was like it was a program on a computer like not games but like oh,
0: you have like focus on something and it, it
1: yeah like brain teaser tasks like working different parts of the brain kind of got stuff it, like that got it. Yeah. um but yeah i just i pushed it too far and my heart rate spiked into the 170s and i was home alone at this point um i had that grueling like deep chest pain. Um, and again, I thought I was having a heart attack and I'm home alone, so what do I do? I call 911. Um, and luckily, by the time they came, my heart rate started to go down a little bit. They um, took my vitals and everything, my blood pressure and whatnot. Um, everything, of course, as you can predict, it's normal. Uh, and I felt relatively okay. Um, I didn't wanna to go to the hospital again because I knew the same routine it was gonna be. Mm. So I opted to stay home. Um, But that episode flipped something with my nervous system because after that happened, um, the mast cell activation syndrome, the POTS and the CFS were like blew up in my body. Um, I tried to eat that like a couple hours later after that happened. All foods I've been eating at this point, I think I was on a low histamine diet to try to get the mast cell stuff kind of tapered down, which it was working but I was still having reactions to technically low histamine food. So I would just kind of.
0: You're, yeah. You were sensitive, but not like super, super, super sensitive. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, until
0: now, until, yeah, until,
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> until right now. Um, so I ate my food and two minutes later I had that flush that I usually get with like the, those reactions and my heart rate pumped up a little bit. And then I came back down I was like, Oh, that was weird. And I, I didn't really think much of it. Um, But one by one, I started losing foods and it got to the point where I lost 33 pounds because I wasn't able to eat anymore. Um, The reactions I was having were that flushing feeling, rashes, tachycardia. My throat was closing, sharp, sharp pains in your head, like electricity going down my back, like, and I'm just trying to eat.
0: (laughs) Yes, trying to eat food. I'm just
1: trying to survive right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, Um, that's tough. Yeah,
1: it was really hard, and I ended up losing thirty three pounds, and I lost the ability to eat completely. There was not one food I was even having allergic reactions to water and salt, um, mm-hmm. which at that point, obviously, that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm not like, allergic to water, but
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean that must have been terrifying, mm. right? Because I'm sure you're hungry, you're you want to eat foods, but it's like your body's it feels like it's punishing you for just trying to stay alive right exactly. so I mean I can see how this was like a whole new low for you mm-hmm. um what was that like mentally like when you're going through <sighs> that process you know you get into this dark mental hole too which only adds to the symptoms and it's just a it gets really messy from there
1: yeah exactly um so after I lost the ability to eat I had an allergist at the time who I loved completely she actually has mast cell activation syndrome herself so like she understands Mm-hmm. um and she recommended that i get a feeding tube because i couldn't eat really? anymore and yeah. i don't know why i opted out i think i was just so determined to find one food that would stick um and i eventually did i think july
0: yeah. august it the fish was it the fish
1: no it was potatoes first <laughs> okay. um and then salmon and peas so like those three foods i would eat all day every day um wow. But because before that I still wasn't eating, I developed oral thrush, uh, so like candida in my mouth. And that made it so painful to even try to eat, like aside from the allergic reactions. And then, so that was the mast cell side of everything. And then with the pots, I would, I my bedroom was upstairs to try to go downstairs to the couch. I couldn't really stand because my heart rate would again, shoot up into the 150s just from standing up. Um, so I would scoot down That's the stairs.
0: right down the stairs yeah
1: um just to get to the couch and i could go to the bathroom and back but that was it like i needed somebody physically with me to quote unquote babysit me and get me my food because i couldn't walk to the refrigerator get a pre-prepared meal and put it in the microwave like that Mm -hmm. was too much for me so i had to have somebody come over just to do that um and from being so still and just. From my bed to the couch and that was the extent of everything my muscles atrophied like i got really thin um i couldn't bathe myself anymore i had to have somebody do it for me but i couldn't even sit up so i had to lay down physically in the tub for them to bathe me and then there were times i couldn't even get in the tub Um, my friend had to come over and we put a beach chair outside in my driveway and she bathed me with a hose in my driveway because i couldn't mm. get into the tub um
0: that doesn't it, sound was, too it was. It was low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was
1: low. Um, and
0: I, I love how we can almost laugh about it now because yeah. you're better. But when yeah. you think back to those times, I mean, you're you're sitting there getting hosed down. You're like, how is this life right now? Like, two years ago, I was deadlifting and squatting and lifting weights, yeah. and now I can't even wipe myself down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I had a lot of those times too because yeah. I also had to get wiped down by my 72 year old grandma. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is messed up. Like. I should be helping her why is she helping me and it just why are these world (laughs) versed yeah it was a blow to my ego as well yeah like my ego died during that whole recovery process but it was it was a painful it was a painful journey but um yeah continue on
1: yeah um my body would have these moments of complete shutdown and i would start rapidly shaking and again i went to the hospital for some of these times and not a seizure. It's just my body knowing now what's my nervous system being way too stimulated and kind of going into that freeze mode a little bit. Um, I lost a good chunk of cognitive ability. Um, I couldn't really have cohesive conversations. I would not be able to recall words. And again, like you said, we can laugh about it now, but there was a time not having good word recall mixed with not being able to have cohesive sentences. I was like acting out what i needed and what i needed to communicate to try to speak with people to try to convey Mm -hmm. what i needed i was like signing things and because i just couldn't communicate the words weren't there in my head and that's a really scary thing too just you're not only is your body doing all these things but like cognitively your
0: mind won't work you're
1: going there too
0: (laughs) yeah it's pretty Um,
1: scary yeah it's it's terrifying and again try to stay present but you're like what is this main, like down the road, does this just get worse? Um, mm-hmm. or what, is it something that could resolve? And luckily mm-hmm. we know now it does, <laughs> but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're pretty much mainly bedridden at this point, right? So after that whole April thing goes down in 2021,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that takes you to a whole new low in recovery. Um, what happened next after that?
1: So while all of this is going on, I actually got news in March that I had moderate to severe precancerous cells that needed to get removed um and i was supposed to have surgery in june to get that done but since my mast cell stuff went so haywire the doctors actually opted to push my surgery because they didn't want me to react to the anesthesia Mm -hmm. um and in my head i'm like okay if i go under will i not wake up like your your mind just goes to these crazes, which at the time they seem really logical um oh yeah and then that also leaves the other flip side of it. Okay, the surgery is being pushed. How long does it take severe precancerous cells to turn cancerous? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to have cancer on top of all of this? Um, and it's just another layer of like, when will this Damn. let up? It's and just then layer I just... after
0: layer after layer of, of obstacles.
1: Yeah. And then the cherry on top of everything. Um, as I was at my absolute sickest, um, my dog got sick and I had to put him down when I was at my lowest, (laughs) that broke me. Um, He was with me through the passing of my dad. He was with me um, through my Crohn's diagnosis. He was getting me through this. Like he was my constant, he was my rock. And to lose him- Like the
0: lifeline, basically.
1: Yeah, he kept me going. (laughs) Um, And to lose him when I was lost myself, that brought me to a new level of hopelessness and brokenness like that that yeah. broke me completely.
0: Yeah. Wow. And even for a normal person, that yeah. would that stings bad. I like yeah. I lost my dog 2 years ago. I still mm-hmm. I, I still miss him. But to have that happen in the middle of all of this. Yeah, yeah that is that's like a, a huge blow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the lowest of blows <laughs> throughout my recovery. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so what happened and when was that?
1: That was July of 2021.
0: Got it. Okay. So what did the rest of the year look like for you then?
1: So I ended up getting that surgery in August. Everything went well. They're gone. Those precancerous cells are gone. Um, I was still trying to get some like testing done and seeing different specialists, but doctors actually stopped running tests on me because I had been exposed to so much radiation over the last year and a half. Mm. Um, So they said like, you can do this test if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it. So,
0: <laughs> like all the x rays and CT scans, all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: So, you want answers, but are you putting your body more at risk trying to get answers um, when mm-hmm. everything is still just coming back normal? So, it's this catch 22 of I don't really know what to do. Um, but luckily, at the time that my allergist, who has mast cell activation syndrome herself, she had recommended um, a brain retraining program that I had tried previous um, before coming to CFS recovery. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started getting a feeling and the knowledge that, okay, this is a nervous system issue. Um, And after everything I had gone through in 2021, it was really hard to hear that like, oh, you can simply recover by brain work (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and doing things with uh, your nervous system. And I think that was part of my issue, why that first program, didn't stick with me, um, along with other things, but it just wasn't the right fit for me, but it took time to really understand, like, this is a nervous system disorder. Like everything that you went through is completely valid. This is not psychosomatic. Like you get very real symptoms from your nervous system. Yeah. Not working yeah. properly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this, this program, you came across it and it exposed you to the idea of the nervous system. Right. Yeah. And that's when you're probably, I mean, you were also probably like, okay, I've put my faith in the medical system. I did. I jumped through all the hoops. Mm -hmm. Nothing has been working. In fact, I've just been getting worse. I got to take things into my own hands. And so you, you learn from there. Um, and then that brings us to 2022. Mm -hmm. When did you find my content? Just out of curiosity.
1: Um, through Krista, which again, not really a surprise there. Um, her and I she also got sick with COVID in 2020, um, as mm-hmm. you know. And we were kind of there was kind of a group of us on Instagram who got sick all kind of around the same time and were just trying to connect with other people who wanted to find answers and like, hey, what did you try? Like, did this work for you? No, okay. Like, did you try this specialist? No, okay. Um, and we were kind of just leaning on each other a lot to figure out what was going on. Um, she joined your program and obviously I saw that she started recovering and my ears perked up because her and I have pretty similar stories, um, in regards to long COVID. So I was like, okay, if she's recovering, I have a pretty good inkling that I could too. So that's when I Mm -hmm. found your content.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it. And then what made you decide to come on board to this program? Cause I do remember our first conversation mm-hmm. and, uh, what I saw was, I mean, obviously a Nikki that was not as functional as she is now. You were telling me about all these symptoms you were having, you were telling me about your story. But what I did see was this drive inside this, this mindset of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it freaking takes. Like I've been on this crazy journey, but I saw a fighter. So, yeah what made you what made you come on board
1: um i was i refused to accept that this was going to be my life i refused to accept that i couldn't eat for the rest of my life i refused that i could only shower once a week barely (laughs) um I, i just wouldn't accept it and i would try anything and through krista and just watching your youtube videos it you the program seemed like the real deal. And it is, I mean, clearly I'm sitting here talking to you about this. Mm -hmm. Um, but just really watching those recovery stories and other people and seeing such similarities in myself with them. And if it could work for them, there was no reason that it couldn't work for me too.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've come such a long way. So when you first came on board, I remember you were mainly in bed all day. I think you could get up to, were you getting up to warm your food up like once a day?
1: I would go to the Long bathroom and back and yeah. I for most of the days I could go downstairs, um, heat up my pre prepared food that my mom cooked for me, um, and then go back upstairs and eat. That was the extent of me moving around. Yeah. I would say I was about like 85 percent bed bound.
0: Yeah. And you know, aside from doing those things the rest of the day, you were just feeling symptoms, right? Yeah. Very sensitive fatigue, mm-hmm. all the other stuff. And so you come on board, it was, it was in November of 2020, no, October of 2022. Um, what were the, what was your first uh, two months like, right? Cause I know you had a, a pretty big adjustment period, but how different was that versus previous flare-ups you've had? Cause now mm-hmm. you have the support of the coaches. We had a, a plan we were putting together. What was that like?
1: Yeah. So yeah. In recovery jumpstart, um, those first couple weeks (laughs) I got hit with that six week adjustment period. Um, but it was different from past because I had you guys to lean on. I had that voice of reason when all my amygdala wanted to do was just talk me into the irrational. Um, you guys were that logical part of my brain that I was missing at the time. And that made all of the difference, having that reinforcement of like, you will come out of this by responding well, you are improving, like you need to lay the foundation before you're gonna see results. And just having that constant reminder and that community of the group and everybody cheering me on and saying that I can do this, it, it creates a family and just this sense of belonging and understanding that you are missing completely when you're trying to do this on your own. Um, yeah. So that made all of the difference.
0: Yeah. And how helpful was it being on calls with other people? Like just being on the live calls, um, you know, hearing other people what they're going through, but also hearing mm-hmm. the wins. Mm-hmm. You know, how much of a difference did that make? Being able to talk to people every week.
1: Yeah. You guys, you formulate these calls in this program in such a specific and thoughtful way. Um, you are rewiring our brains just. how you have the program set up like you want us to focus on wins and hearing everybody's wins it switches your brain from only having that spotlight on the negative to seeing like okay these other things are possible like look what's happening Mm -hmm. um and it creates this really amazing environment that is really conducive to healing and just having the support of everybody It's just unlike any other program I've really ever come across or researched. It really is. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really try to make it that way too to Mm -hmm. give you guys the most support possible. I think that's what's missing with a lot of other solutions is being able to reach out to a coach if you're flaring up. It's like, hey, you know, I've been doing all this stuff, but my body isn't coming out of this flare-up. Like, what should I do? Mm -hmm. Um, And for you, you're in a six-week one and you were soldiering through it like a champ. But there was a time I almost felt, I felt pretty bad. I was like, <laughs> I know she's going through it right now. I know she's going to come out of it. But like when it gets to five or six weeks, I know she must be fighting <laughs> demons right now. <laughs> like,
1: your at, your uh, mindset starts to waver a little bit yeah. when, once you hit that five week mark.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like it's, it's a pretty long time. And yeah. six weeks feels like six months when yeah. you're in something that thick. But mm-hmm. you came out of it. You bounced back. Uh, you started having some wins and um you know because at this point in the beginning for everybody watching this remember she was only able to go to the washroom like once a day and go warm up her food and then you were in bed um Mm -hmm. the rest of the day so what was the first big win you had the first big mind shift was it getting through that six week adjustment period or like what really stood out
1: i think it was really nailing down what was going on in regards to the mast cell activation syndrome, honestly. I knew it had to do with the nervous system, but just hearing it from you guys and explaining that it's because you don't have enough energy to digest your food and your brain is trying to protect you and stop you from eating because it doesn't have the energy. Once you increase your energy threshold, your mast cell stuff will subside. Those words I clung onto for (laughs) dear life. And it made all the difference, just the knowledge that you guys have and that you provide and just simplify erases so much of the fear um, Mm -hmm. that we have around symptoms. And it changes that association that we have of, oh, my God, my heart's racing. I'm going to have a heart attack or I'm having another allergic reaction to all these really scary things, too. It's just the nervous system. And it really is that simple. It really is in concept, executing it and understanding it different story. It's, way are. it's, yeah. it's extremely yeah. difficult,
0: but it, the concepts itself, it's, it's actually insane how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. The implementation is a whole different beast. You know, it's a whole different beast. So it's really cool seeing your wins in the last handful of months, doing stuff you've been able to do, uh, for the first time in years, going on vacations. Um, tell us about your first, getaway, your first vacation, and what that felt like?
1: Yeah. So I was really hesitant um, because I think at that point, I hadn't really walked more than 10 minutes in a spurt. Um, and going on vacation, you're like, you're going to... I went to like a little beach town a couple hours away.
0: And this and was... Uh, remind us when this was again. In the spring sometime? What was it...
1: April. Early? End of April. April. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I had gone... Hesitantly, but I went. I was like, okay, if I need to rest there, I'll rest. My mom can go out and do what she wants to do. Yeah, you guys pushed me to go. I, I asked you. I was like, should I do this? And you were like, yes, go. Um, so just having also that support was really nice too. Mm-hmm.
0: So this um, was actually this was two months ago, right? April. End of
1: end of April, April, May, June. Yeah, two months ago. <laughs> wow,
0: wow. Yeah. So it was pretty recent, and even just two months ago, you're like a bit hesitant. Like, can I really do yeah. this? But uh, yeah, go on.
1: Yeah. Um, so we went there and I had such intense symptoms on the drive down, but I made a playlist of music that I loved and kind of just got lost in that. And if the symptoms are going to be there, they're going to be there. I'm I'm not going to hold on to them. Um, so we went and the second we got there, it was just a different atmosphere. And like, as you guys say, that novelty of doing something new that you haven't done in such a long time, like that's so true. Um, I got there and the symptoms subsided and I'm by the beach and my mom and I, we walked around this little town with all of these shops, I'm going in and out of shops and it was just so nice. I'm still eating all of like my, the foods that I'm able to eat. Um, But then the next day, my bucket list and the thing I wanted to do so badly was go to the zoo Um, because my background is in zoology and animals um, were a big part of my life for a really long time working with them. And just getting back into that environment, that was such a springboard moment for me. Um, I was able to walk around a zoo. I went from 15 minutes or 10 minutes really from walking. I walked an hour and a half around the zoo, completely fine.
0: And it was in the heat, right? In the sun.
1: It wasn't sunny that day, but it was warm. And I mean, I just blew myself away with how right you guys were with everything and like you told me how it was gonna go and you're like i'm not even gonna be surprised i don't go to an, into an adjustment period after and i was like that's crazy i'm gonna go into adjustment period i just walked an hour and a half and i didn't i didn't go into adjustment period after that intense shift in walking yeah, um, yeah. and it, it really just goes to show like if your association is there and you are sending those signals of safety to your body as you're expanding your activity like you're okay
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and we knew it too and man that's so powerful i was getting teary-eyed just now just because i know how much it means to you and yeah like you were talking about this on our first call all the things you want to do so to see you do it and you know to, to see all the adjustment periods you guys go through and with everybody it's like it, it's so rewarding to be a part of that Process. It's pretty cool to see, especially when we know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like we knew you're gonna it, this was gonna take things to a whole new level in recovery. And it's gonna unlock a lot more life for you to live. Mm-hmm. And that was that was two months ago when you yeah. had that experience. And since then you've just been on a roll. And it seems like the nervous system has really been really been recalibrating itself kind of on its own, mm-hmm. right? As yeah. you go through the day. Cause also tell us about your foods now. Mm-hmm. Different foods you can eat. You're adding to the list because there was a time when you can only you could only eat what is it? Mashed potatoes, uh, was it salmon?
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, potatoes, salmon, and peas was my meal four times it. a day every day for months. Yeah, um, which gets pretty old pretty mm-hmm. quick. <laughs> yeah. um But when I entered the program, I was eating nine different foods, but I was still reacting to them. I was having small reactions. I would just have to eat my meals really slow. Um, so the reactions weren't compounded into this kind of big reaction. Um, but now I'm eating over 20 foods. So it took me a year and a half to get to nine and I got up more than doubled that in six months.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it just speaks volumes to the program and the nervous system. And just as you start to recover, it will recalibrate and like, you're not going to be as sensitive And Mm -hmm. I love food so much, which makes sense why I have mass Activation Syndrome. Um, Mm -hmm. And just being able to be in the kitchen again and cook and eat a variety of foods that I really enjoy eating and it just makes me so happy. You will never, ever take eating for granted again (laughs) when you lose the ability to eat or even drink water. Um, yeah. I was so grateful to be, to be able to have broccoli. <laughs> I was yeah. so happy at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And same thing for me. Food is huge. I love food so much nowadays. Like that's, that's my one escape I'd say. Uh, although mm-hmm. I keep it under control now, but <laughs> yeah, when I first was able to eat again, I put on 50 pounds in the first year. Like my cravings are through the roof because I had to eat pretty much like perfect, all healthy food, no yeah. sugar no nothing for a long time for years and uh mm-hmm. when the, the gates of heaven opened, and my body was like you're allowed to eat chocolate you're allowed to eat cheetos i was like, like okay, give cheetos me a chocolate
1: day. covered cheeto please
0: <laughs> exactly let me make up for all this lost time
1: yeah exactly and
0: let me eat a bag every day yeah. so it, it was like that but food it, it's one of those just one of the many things you don't ever take for granted again, just like mm-hmm. being able to sit out in the sun without having a headache or feeling like you're you're going to pass out. Um, being able to sit in the car and listen to music. Um, mm-hmm. And you even, you drove recently, right?
1: Yeah. I just started driving again. Um, mm-hmm. I still have my mom with me. I actually don't have a car. I got rid of my car because I was sick and didn't anticipate driving for a really long time. But my body showed me otherwise but yeah i'm really excited i'm able to drive to my brothers and back and like i drove to my brothers i spent the entire day playing with my niece and nephew introducing new foods and then was fine driving back like wow a couple months ago i would laugh if you guys tried to get me (laughs) to do this yeah Um, and it just shows like you're if you follow what you guys say and it's again so simple in in the concepts but you really have to be able to implement it. Um, but if you do, your nervous system will just
0: it will recalibrate thank you. on its own. Yeah, it will thank you. It will yeah. work with you versus against you. Um, and you know, even just that that one drive to your brother's house, that getaway, and being able to play with your, you know, your your family. If we told you that, you know, what was it nine months ago? Of course, it would feel like a pipe dream. And it did feel like a pipe dream. That's yeah. something you had in your wind, yeah. right? But it, it's pretty crazy now because life is, is so different um, from what it was. So, you know, I want to ask you what are some valuable things you could tell people watching this right now? And they're where you were, you know, they're rock bottom. And just when they think they're going to get better, they actually get worse and worse and worse because you've been there, right? Yeah. Your story is, is incredible. Yeah. What kind of things would you tell them in terms of just inspiration and things to encourage them?
1: Yeah. So I think first things first is please wholeheartedly believe that this is just a nervous system disorder. Like you don't have to believe me, but just look at the science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like watch the recovery stories, watch me all this content. It is a nervous system disorder. Like if you've had all of those tests, you ruled everything out, um, you can fix this yourself. And yeah. I would have laughed if somebody said that to me a couple months ago or however many months ago, but you can and i always thought i was this anomaly that oh all these other people recovered um but i have this big mass activation syndrome thing so that means i can't recover but that's not true it all stems from the same thing it all stems from the nervous system mm-hmm. um and just no matter how bad it gets you can always come back like after that year of 2021 that i had like and i was at below rock bottom like I lost my dog, my health, my job, my home, my relationship. I was at rock bottom. Um, Mm -hmm. you're not going to stay there. You can come back from that. And Mm -hmm. not only will you come back from that, you learning the concepts of recovery, you take that with you into your life. Like you learn how to respond to any stress, not just symptoms. And it creates such a better life for you on the other side of recovery. Like you truly will thrive and stay thriving because this is, that's how you set us up. That's how you set this program up. Like we will recover and thrive and stay thriving. It's not, Oh, I'm feeling good. And then I have a relapse. Oh, I feel okay. And then I have a relapse. Like, no, like this is it. You recover and you're, you're, you're up. You're good.
0: You know how to do it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And that's a thing you, you, you recover by intention. It's not luck. It's not, oh, I just, I happen to get better. No, it's very intentional. You have to do intentional things and you have to work very hard at it. Um, A lot, like most of the work, if not all of it is done in your brain, the way you think, the way you respond to stressors. Um, But that will translate into physical progress, whereas most people just try to focus on how many steps can I walk? Let's walk like 50 more tomorrow, but they Mm -hmm. neglect the mindset side of things. And, you know, guys, listen to Nikki. This is coming from somebody who had, what is it? 14 diagnoses of random things because the doctors couldn't find anything. So just, they're just throwing label at you after label. And I mean, that's pretty scary because anybody else, a lot of people would be like, okay, well, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. 14 (laughs) diagnoses. How am I ever going to dig myself out of this? This is a battle we can't win. I got the heart thing. I got the cancer stuff. I got diagnosis. I have mass cell activation. And you search up online about mass cell activation. There's not a whole lot of um, hope in that area.
1: No. Not you're walking any. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't even think they say you can recover from that, right?
1: No. Um, and that's the other thing too. Thank you for saying that. I wanted to touch on that. Please switch the content that you're consuming. Um, I was in this doom and gloom spiral of the support groups, um, where it was just, yeah, support. (laughs) Um, it was just, you can't recover, you can't recover. This is lifelong. How are we going to do this? Like, please switch your view, like onto those recovery stories, like reach out to people who have recovered, ask them questions, like watch the videos, like do the research just switch your view. And just by doing that, just by consuming content of recovery, that will start to change your thoughts, which will start to change your beliefs. And that's what you need to start recovering. You need to believe you can recover.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it starts with what you feed your mind, whether it's the things you tell yourself or the things that you allow to enter your mind. So if you're in these, we call them the swamps or the networks of doom, get out of there, get out of the forums. You want to feed your mind endless stories of possibility and hope. And, you know, the fact that recovery is possible because it is. So, you know, we want to feed your mind the right things because that is so important. Um, So with you, Nikki, what would you say your, you know, top two or three favorite things about recovery jumpstart were, whether it's the support from the coaches, the, the plan, or, you know, what are some things that stood out for you? Do you I did just mention have to pick two
1: or three?
0: <laughs> as many as you want. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I yeah, could as as
1: speak forever yeah, about for this. Um, first things first, just the coaches. The fact that you guys were in our shoes, like every coach had CFS. Every coach went through what we're going through. No other generalized program is going to be able to give you the advice because they haven't gone through it themselves. Like, you guys know the emotions that we feel, the symptoms that we feel. You can give us advice, just no one else can. Um, And that alone is priceless, absolutely priceless. And then obviously the group calls and the community, it just, again, creates that environment that's so conducive to healing, that's so supportive and everybody is again just like family and we root each other on and if somebody's having a bad day like we're there for them and it's just it it's priceless it really is like i just can't say it enough (laughs) um and the customization like a lot of other programs that i looked into it's very generalized it's a lot of content like thrown at you in really big chunks and it's really hard to kind of grasp the core concepts but the videos that you provide and like the recovery jumpstart six weeks like the videos are so short and concise um and you take these neuroscience concepts and you break them down into little nuggets of wisdom that are just very easy to be like okay this is what i need to know from that and um you guys are able to customize it in a way like not everybody has the same starting point and you guys honor that and you guys give us very specific advice um, to get us going from where we're at. You meet us where we're at. We don't have Mm. to try to meet the base starting line of a generalized program. Like that's not it. Um, Yeah. So with everything, like the medical field has so much catching up to do with you guys. Like you are complete like pioneers in this field, like doing stuff, Like we're recovering from a disease disease that people say you can't recover from. Yeah. Like there's so many people that say if you have CFS, you're doomed for life, and every person in this program is proving that wrong.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it's so powerful. And you're absolutely right. the The support, the coaches, we make sure that. They've obviously been through it and they've actually come from the program. They've all been through the program themselves. So they know the process. They know what your guys' symptoms feel like, the emotions you guys go through, and even the thoughts you guys have. I think that's why it's easier for us to relate than some specialist who looks at you and says, oh, yeah, no, you're fine. Oh, no, because if they really knew, they would know how crazy your mind is going and how triggering that is for someone to tell you, yeah, you're fine without even like acknowledging that stuff is going yeah. on. So we totally understand, you know, because mm-hmm. we've been there and it's not like it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's like in the last few years, we've been mm-hmm. there, we've come out of it. So, you know, it, it's so rewarding to, to to see thrivers like yourself come out of the trenches, fight through it and then start to reap the rewards because that's what you're going through right now. You're accelerating back into life and this is the most exciting part, actually, of recovery. I think of the times when, when I just got out of the hospital and started doing all these things for the first time again. And I was like, it's, like a, it's surreal in a sense. Yeah. It's like, is this really happening? And mm-hmm. all of that stuff I went through, did that even happen? Because it feels like a bad dream, but I have the pictures to prove it. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that did happen. <laughs> I guess I wasn't yeah. in a bad dream after all. And that's
1: exactly how I feel. And you said that at the beginning of recovery jumpstart on like the first day, you're like, I promise you, this is all going to feel like a bad dream. And in my mind, I was like, okay, got a lot of PTSD here. I don't know if that's going to be it. (laughs) But you're so again, you're so right. Um, As I was like, preparing for this and looking back at everything, I forgot so much of what happened. And again, it feels so long ago and it feels so distant from where I am now, even though it was just however many months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it does feel like a dream. And I'm so happy that I can say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The nightmare is over, right? Mm-hmm. The nightmare is over and now you yeah. live in life. So what would you say to someone who's sitting on the fence and they're thinking hmm, recovery, jumpstart sounds good. I don't know. Maybe I'll wait a bit longer. You know, I'll, I'll keep trying on my own or, what would you say to someone who's on the fence and they're just afraid to take that next step because they've tried so many things in the past and it didn't work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand. I've tried, I mean, I tried physical therapy, cognitive therapy, ozone therapy, the compression it's like, socks. Yeah. Like, it's
0: like, what didn't you uh, try, right? You tried everything.
1: Neuroreflex therapy. Yeah, I tried I tried a lot of things. Um, So I can understand the hesitancy behind it, but you just have to look at the proof Look at the proof. There's not a person in the program that's not improving. I mean, mm-hmm. is that true? Can I say that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can cut that some, some I just didn't want to like others. <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if you keep waiting, you're staying where you are. You want to improve, so take that leap to improve your health. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. And I understand we're trying different things, um, but you have to look at the evidence. You really do. And this is a program where so many people are recovering um, and that speaks for itself. So I know Mm -hmm. programs can work for some people and not for others. But I think this program and the people that come out of it, it really speaks for itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we, we totally get that too, the hesitancy, you know, people don't want to waste money essentially. And that's why now we have a 30 day money back guarantee. And within 30 days, you'll know for sure, you know, if you, if you need this or not. Yeah. So we have that there to protect people. But for you, you know, in terms of investment, would you say it's been a good investment so far?
1: Oh my goodness. I would do this 10 times over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, there's no price on your health. There's really not. Um, so it's worth every penny everything it's worth everything Yeah,
0: to get yeah. your life back oh yeah yeah you, you're getting your life back and is there anything else you want to share with our audience today here watching right now you know anything you want to say to the the nikki two years ago when she was in her darkest times
1: find krista <laughs> um <Yeah>. no. <laughs> krista, on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no really um just hang on i mean i understand the deep dark depths of how bad this can get and those are so valid and every thought that you have but you have to hang on like there is another side of this and you just have to keep going um as hard as it is some days and it's okay to just be sad be whatever you need to be in that moment but it gets better it really does again like i said before no matter how bad it gets you can always come back
0: mm-hmm the hope is never lost. There is a chance to recover for everybody. Like we've seen some extremely severe cases. One here right now, like your case was wild, absolutely wild. And you know, you've, you've, you've been a you've been soldiering through it and toughing it out. And you have that thriver mentality. You just wanted more out of life. And you decided that I'm not just going to have this for the rest of my life. I'm not going to just be a survivor. I want to thrive. I want my life. And this is not my life path to be sick like this for the rest of my life. I will Mm -hmm. fight for it, whatever it takes. And that's why you're where you're at right now. So Nikki, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know this is just the tip of the iceberg on the experience. You, You guys are hearing all of this in a condensed hour long chat, but there were days and days and days and weeks and months where you know Nikki was in a dark place but we see her now she's glowing with energy you feel the good vibes through the screen and um it's just proof that anything is possible so I'm so proud of you Nikki and Thank let's you. keep let's keep the ball rolling let's keep building this momentum and the next step is you're going to be back working out and you know we'll help you transition into that as well um but super exciting so if you guys did enjoy this video This was super value-packed, and this was a a pretty, pretty severe case, um, just like a lot of other people, but take this as inspiration, right? Nikki was in your guys' shoes not too long ago. Like a year ago, she wasn't, wasn't dysfunctional at all, not even a few months ago. So use this as an example. Use it as inspiration. Comment down below your biggest takeaway from this video, right? Something must have resonated with you, and if it didn't, watch this again. Because you, I guarantee you will get something out of this. And if you did want some extra help on your recovery journey, like Nikki said, you know, there's, there's a lot of hands-on help. We provide the support, um, help from the coaches. If you did want to learn more about the program, just click the link down below. Um, you can check out how the program works. We could see if it's a good fit for you. Um, but other than that, I'm glad you guys are able to watch this far into the video. Always remember that you are a thriver. And you are just one mind shift away from living life with thriving health. So let's get you to thriving health. We'll see you guys in the next video.